Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Vegan Business Tribe podcast with myself, David Pennell, the founder of Vegan Business Tribe. And I'm broadcasting to you around the world on Spotify, on Apple, or wherever you get your pods, but also now in glorious video on YouTube as well. And if you have a vegan business, are you just thinking about starting one? then Vegan Business Tribe is here to support you and to inspire you, not just to build a vegan business, but to build a successful vegan business business. And today we're having a bit of a different discussion and it's still an important topic that will have an impact on your business, but it goes beyond just that business angle. Because I wanted to explore something that was highlighted by a new research paper released by the Vegan Society into masculinity and veganism. Because we know that women are far more likely to go vegan than men. And this has been the case for a long time. Some studies have even suggested that as high as 80% of all the vegans in the USA are female. And if you spend any time in vegan Facebook groups, you will see regular posts from women complaining that their male partners won't go vegan or grumbling about the lack of vegan men on dating sites. And this is really important to know if you are a vegan business, because if you're selling to a vegan audience, then you have to be aware that that audience, it is going to be largely female. And when I sit down and help our vegan business tribe members with their customer profiling, usually the first thing that they tell me about their audience and the people that they sell to is that they're often largely female. But why is this? Why has veganism been overwhelmingly a female movement? And why are there so many social barriers and stigmas stopping more men from going vegan? Well, to answer that, I could not think of anyone better than our Vegan Business Tribe members, Steve and Mel from Vegan Muscle Gymwear. And if you haven't yet come across Steve and Mel and Vegan Muscle, then they are one of my top tips for someone who's really going to break into the big time on the vegan scene next year. Because alongside their gymwear brand, Vegan Muscle, They've also got their own YouTube channel, Vegan Muscle Outreach. And that's where they go onto the street and they directly engage people in conversations about veganism. And if you're watching the video version of this podcast, then you'll see when I bring Steve on in just a moment... He's huge. He has muscles where I didn't even know you could grow them. So no one's ever going to tell Steve that he's not getting enough protein on a vegan diet. But I thought that Steve and Mel, they would be really great people to talk about this vegan society research paper and the reasons why more men don't go vegan and what we as businesses can do about that. And 
as a vegan business, you do have a massive part to play in this. The images that we use in our marketing, which testimonials we use, and just that better understanding of why a lot of men have barriers to engaging with us as vegan businesses and what we're going to do to overcome that. So, just before we start this session, I mentioned that Steve and Mel, they are Vegan Business Tribe members. And you, yes, you, you can join us too if you're not a member already. It's only £18.99 a month to be part of Vegan Business Tribe. And not only do you get so much great value from all the member-only content, the courses, and the direct support that you get access to, we are also funded by our membership. So, if you enjoy this podcast and all the content that we put out, please do consider going and signing up with us too on veganbusinesstribe.com where you will find the most amazing community of vegan business owners who are on the same mission as you are. Okay, so let's dive in to find out why don't more men go vegan? And what can we do as vegan businesses to change that? I am joined by two co-hosts in this podcast. So I've got here with me Mel and Steve, who you might know better as Vegan Muscle. And I could not think of anyone better to join me on this discussion about masculinity and veganism. So can I start out by asking, when you're out there doing your street activism or where, when you're wearing your, you know, your vegan muscle gym wear down the gym, does this conversation ever come up about masculinity and veganism? And that's either coming up, you know, positively or negatively. Yeah, loads, isn't it? Yeah, I would say it comes up in like a roundabout way. Um, so it comes up with the first thing being, where do you get your protein from? And I think that's what the men are trying to kind of get in there, isn't there, with their masculinity. They're worried about muscles so i'll let you explain that one yeah for me it always uh, an analogy would be if you was to throw water on a circuit board that's what i can envision their brain doing at the point where they see somebody that doesn't fit perhaps a stereotype that they may perceive a vegan to be and it's a really good way of positively showing like yeah like you can be vegan, you can be masculine, you can be a bodybuilder, you can be a triathlete, a marathon runner. It doesn't hold you back. And I think typically my experience is that men are fearful of losing what they perceive as being masculine, which we've been conditioned to believe comes by uh, eating animals uh, and things like that. So when they see someone that doesn't fit that mold, it's the water on the circuit board moment and it comes up in that way. So I would say it comes up in a positive way more than a negative because I would say that as a positive. Yes. Yeah. And I would also say that um, the occasional time it comes up in a negative is usually somebody walking past going, mini me, and then they run away, which I don't think is very masculine to do anyway. Um, <laughs> but, they, but they never seem to want to chat. Um, but the ones who do always are like, wow. And they can't help but see like if they see you in the gym. You, they can't help but go, 
where do you get your protein? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But I yeah. guess in a way, I mean, that's why you started this brand, so that you could start those conversations when people see things like that. But just to pick up on that point specifically, Mel, because, um, you know, from your side of view, you obviously wear your gym wear also, you know, when you're out and about. So do you find that you have um, those same sort of comments that Steve might get? To be honest, I get the protein one more than Steve. No one, like, so if we're doing outreach on the streets, people will um, kind of look at Steve and be like, yeah, but what about, and then they move on. Whereas to me, they'll ask that question. And then because Steve's always with me, I'm like, yeah, but look at him. Like, where do you think he gets his protein? Um, yeah, it's handy. Um, yeah, so I get different questions. Um, yeah, and in the gym, like, I just kind of like support the conversation when they're talking to you because you're obviously the one with the big muscles. I've got, I've got some, I'll have you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, but we always then go into like the ethics of veganism over where you get your protein from because that's like a health problem. So I have to admit, I'm still amazed at people asking that question. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the fact that they will walk up to people in the gym, you know, and, and still have that kind of protein conversation. I think that maybe, you know, ties into a little bit about what we're talking about today, because we are talking today on the back of the research briefing paper, and that was recently released by the Vegan Society. And we know from other studies that women are far more likely to go vegan than men. And in fact, in one study, I think it was in the US, it, 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 and back in 2020, it suggested that as high as 80 percent of all the vegans in america were female and so from a business point of view that means if you're selling to vegans then you're far more likely to be selling to that female audience so is that what you're seeing too with your clothing sales and are you seeing an equal divide between the demand for men's and women's gym wear so i would actually say for us i think it's more predominantly men um, for us and also on our um, activism as well you know on YouTube um, on our channel you can have the analytics of who's watching your channel the majority of people is is men um, so we're actually finding the the opposite which I find really we didn't really expect that yeah. but I wonder it's because like our slogan is all about being strong protecting the innocent so we're trying to capture the guys in and like fill them with confidence that no we got this you're strong as a vegan you can get muscles and yeah, your heart is your strongest. I think the whole thing, like you picked up earlier, the whole thing of, of vegan muscle is to break the norm, is to break the stereotypes, is to go into an environment that was typically non-vegan um, and to prove to them that veganism is there and you can have all these traits as a vegan. So I think our goal from the off was to actually break them norms. So perhaps our analytics of the guys are coming and watching and buying is proof that actually with the, with the message being clear uh, and put across in a certain way, guys are still susceptible to change when targeted correctly, perhaps. Yeah, it was our target, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm fascinated by those statistics. And, you know, we, yeah. we could we could go into, you know, is vegan muscle a brand that, that's aimed at men more more than women or, or anything like that? But uh, what I think would be useful to do is kind of, I'm going to keep jumping back to this research paper and, yeah. and bring up some of their key findings as well and kind of just yeah. test those out against you because this is absolutely fascinating. So yeah. so when we jump back to this research paper, one one of the key barriers that they identified to, to men going vegan is that expectation of social stigma and, and just 
ridicule as well from family and friends. And I think it's that expectation that they're going to find this ridicule rather than that actually being the reality. So I think it's more about the stigma that's been created like people, you know, by people like Piers Morgan and Jeremy Clarkson, you know, even our own government when they attacked the tofu eating wokerati. I mean, you know, (laughs) what was all that about? And and so, so do you find that there is this difference between maybe the comments that you get when you're engaging people online, when those people are maybe a little bit one step removed and they do try to ridicule veganism. So do you see there's a difference between that and maybe the conversations you get when you're talking to real people where they're maybe less likely to talk to that like that when they're talking face to face? Massively, massively. I think it's so much easier to say things behind a screen because that, that person is like protected almost by the screen. Um, but when you're in public with people, and especially filming, you find you get more of a genuine um, question and answer situation. Whereas um, online, you do tend to get the Piers Morgan quotas and and things, don't you? And- yeah, I'll also add to that though. I found I found this quite interesting. I had this thought about two weeks ago. Definitely, I agree with what Mel's saying, but I also think that there is a place for guys when they see and hear the message of veganism in the comfort of their own home. For example, Mm. if I'm on the street and a guy comes up to me and I have slaughterhouse footage and I'm questioning him, sometimes that bravado may go up and the barriers go up because he's in public and he has to perform in a certain way. I really think there's a place that when men are in their home, when they can actually let that wall down, let that bravado down and be more susceptible and open perhaps with their feelings. Because to be honest, I'll be completely honest with me. When we went vegan, I saw the dairy industry. My first emotion, I cried for about 35 to 40 minutes. I was sat on the sofa behind me. I put my head in my hands and I cried my eyes out and that was my emotion coming out if i'd have seen that in public would i have reacted the same probably not maybe so i don't know but i think that there's definitely pros and cons and there's differences between online i think people trolls may be braver online than what they are in public but i think men or or people who are more open to the message may also receive it in a different way in an environment where they haven't got to have that bravado i think the bravado does create a barrier between the message and the emotion. So do you, just just tying into that performative um, idea that you just said there, so do you think that that is a real issue? So if you're out on the streets and there's a guy with a group of mates, does he engage differently with you than maybe if he's on his own or, or maybe with a female partner? Yes, yeah, 100%. yes. And we actually try and get um, the the mates to kind of separate from him if we're trying to have a conversation because we know that that is a, like a peer pressure thing to You perform. go in and try and divide them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also there's typically, so for example, um, a demographic that I like to outreach to is maybe uh, young guys between 16 and 19 in a group that have that sort of, you know, they're in that environment. And I quite like that because you will always find of a group of five upwards, there will be one. There'll be one person and they will be in the background and their cheeks got a little bit flush and they're a little bit more quiet. And they may just step forward and say, guys, like, actually, this this is a serious message. And you can pick them out. And if you can hold that environment, hold that room comfortably and competently, you can then use the empathy that's been displayed by the one person in the peer group 
to then spread the message to the others. And sometimes if you can crack it, you can turn that whole group around to actually saying like, yeah, you know what, like we're a bit trolly. I get your message. I see what you're doing. Um, so there is that that demographic as well. And I find that the people who are the most resistant and triggered and, oh, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but are actually very close to seeing and making a change because their emotions are coming out a lot more than the person who just goes, I don't really care, mate. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's amazing as well. And again, we're going back to this idea of the expectation of the stigma rather than the stigma itself. And, and yeah. that's just a, just a really interesting thing to talk about. If you are looking to get your business in the news or on the radio or interviewed on TV, then no one's going to get your company noticed like Karen Ridges and her team at Mad Promotions. And Karen, she's been at the forefront of the vegan media scene for the last 20 years. And Mad Promotions, they're also our media partners at Vegan Business Tribe. So if you've read about us in plant-based news or in Economist, then that's probably because Karen got that story there. So if you are an ethical company or entrepreneur that wants more media coverage, and if you're a company that is looking to make a difference, then that's literally what Mad Promotion stands for. Karen, she's worked with Veganuary, VegFest, and all the other big names. So go find out more at mad-promotions.com. Did you know that in the UK alone, there is currently around three trillion pounds invested in pensions? And much of that money, it's helping to fund harmful industries like tobacco, fossil fuels, gambling, and animal agriculture. So if instead you want to put your money where your heart is, then Jay Street is the founder of Mindful Wealth, our UK-based independent and vegan financial advisor here at Vegan Business Drive. And because they are truly independent, they're not restricted to any specific investment range, so they can find the best option that works for you both financially and ethically. Although do note that the value of your investments, it can go down as well as up. But you don't need to have a lot of money invested to make a difference. If you want to talk about your financial planning, whether you're just starting your journey or you need a little guidance on how to create and maintain good habits, then book a free discovery call with Jay by heading to mindfulwealth.uk. Uh, yeah. Just jumping back to this report, though. So, so another finding from the Vegan Society's uh, briefing was about this issue that there's so much misinformation put out about the vegan diet. And, and we've seen huge, well-funded research, you know, being regulated, saying things like consuming soy will give men breasts because it's full of female hormones, you know, only then to be completely debunked a few weeks later when, when the scientists point out that plant hormones, you know, have, have zero effect on people. So, yeah. so we, we know that if you follow the funding back, it's going to go to the lobby group and the, the industry groups that promote meat and dairy. But yeah. it's already out there by that point. You know, the headlines have already gone around the world. So what's your response to that? Not just as maybe Mel and Steve personally, but as a vegan business too. When somebody tells you that soy is going to give you boobs or that, you know, you, you can't actually perform well on a plant-based diet, do you try and, and counter those arguments? Are, are people actually going to listen to you, um, you know, if you're trying to public, publicly debunk it? Um, are they going to listen to you, you as a brand that way? Yeah, I, I think they do. Uh, I think the trouble is you always, 
it, it seems to be one of these things in life. You can put 10 peer reviews studies in front of someone and they listen to Piers Morgan yeah. and you're like, but I've got 10 peer reviews, scientific papers with the, you know, you, oh, you can do it. And they listen to Piers Morgan. But I think that um, for, coming from that, that brand perspective, you can almost debunk it by what your brand displays in itself. For example, if vegan muscle, we've got maybe seven to eight bodybuilders that I know of already that have got our stuff and they're training in our stuff. So the fact that there's a study that says, oh, uh, eating soy will give you feminine hormones and you won't be able to grow muscle. Well, here's visual proof that these yeah. eight guys, one of them's competing in Mr. Olympia. The others are high-end performing athletes. Well, you can just take a look at their body, you know. Um, that does the talking a lot of the time, doesn't you let, it? You, you just let that do the talking. Um, so that's why it's really important, I think, to display vegan messages where you are and wherever you are, because people are always looking and they are always watching and people take in information. One of, one of my top things that I've always taken away from one of um, the VBT's teachings was 20 different ways, 20 different times. Um, and, you know, that's a really impactful thing. And seeing a, a bodybuilder wearing a vegan message may just be that 20th time that that person goes, maybe that study wasn't right. Maybe I'll, maybe I will look into this a little bit more um, because, you know, a lot of people are visual learners. And when they see proof, you can't really unjustify it because it's in front of you. Yeah. And I think if when they do have that intrigued moment, if it's strong enough, then they will find the research for themselves. Um, like like we were also part of that conditioning too. We didn't know where protein came from when we first went vegan. We didn't know about soy. We fell for the soy thing because people were telling us this this myth. So but because our heart like because our ethic was so strong, we were just like, let's find out. We then come to the root of the um evidence and we were like, oh, plant protein comes from plants. Yeah. So this is ridiculous what they're saying about soy and soy is our favorite thing. We have it every day. Don't we? Yeah. So I think if it's if you're yeah strongly intrigued, you will find the information. Yeah. And I think that's a really interesting point as well, because I, I guess as a vegan business, if you are aware of what objections a potential customer is going to have, and especially male customers as well, then you can make sure that you've kind of already addressed some of that some of that content in, in the content you're putting out in, in some of your marketing yeah. as well. And just picking up on that point where you said about, uh, you know, using different uh, vegan bodybuilders to, to align with your brand and that. And I think especially if you are maybe a vegan nutrition brand, for instance, that's why yeah. they are looking to partner up with the vegan fitness influencers, people like yourself. Yeah. because they're then just disproving those arguments by saying you know look this is mel and steve who are vegan they use our products how, how do you like those apples yeah yeah, yeah. and, and there and it, again it proves like um viva life um you know the, the johnny uh, johnny wilkins recently mm -hmm. um done, done some bits and bobs with viva life um we're with viva life um you know i absolutely love viva life brand and what they stand for and by them using vegan athletes and vegan bodybuilders it, it debunks it again. And if we can all do this as vegan businesses and actually have that evidence and proof, then it, we're all singing from the same hymn sheet and we've all got the same resources to resort back to. Um, and then, you know, stronger together, the message would be... Yeah, and I think this is across. why in the documentary Game Tra Changers really was a game changer for men. Yeah. The amount of guys who come up to us in the gym, and we always ask their vegan story, we have to, um, most of them are because they saw Game Changers and that, started the ball rolling for them yeah so i think that was massively massively great for the, yeah. the guys out and, there and again people seeing people like patrick niami they're seeing all these guys uh paul from hinge herbivore 
when when you see it, you know, I mean, I I remember when um, when we went vegan and I, I stopped crying on the sofa and I thought, and I thought, okay. And my first thought was, that's bodybuilding done. Okay, fine, that's cool. Like, I'm happy to just now. Be physically healthy, be physically fit, but if I can't keep my muscle, if I can't compete as a bodybuilder, no problem. And then when I did stick into YouTube, vegan bodybuilders, and I saw Niami and Patrick, all of a sudden I was like, there's hope. Like, hang on, like, it's not all over. Okay. And then you you, you research it because it's important to you. And I think it's always like what Mel's saying is really important. Like, with veganism, I always we always say when you're on the street, there's why vegan, how vegan. When we know why vegan is because we're against animals being exploited in any walks of life, however which way, and we keep them as our focus as a victim, that's why we should be vegan. How we get protein, how we become a bodybuilder, how we do all these other things always comes second, and you will always find the answer if you focus on the why. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliantly put as well. So the next point in that Vegan Society's research briefing, uh, the next point that we raised was that men are more likely than women to consider eating animals to be natural. And so they're more likely to try and justify that behaviour as well. And this is the lions, though, argument. You know, lions eat animals, so we should eat animals. And yeah, you know, lions yeah. also poo in the middle of the savannah. So I guess you're against toilets, too. So, you know, <laughs> do, do you see this yourself? Do you see that men are, are just more likely to try and justify eating meat? And it'd be quite interesting to see, you know, which one of you two they actually try and justify it to the most? Would you I would say that's pretty equal, they say. I actually think that's um quite a standard thing um to say. Like it's one of the lions. five, isn't it? Yeah, it's one of the main five. <laughs> and um I don't think it matters who they're talking to. They always bring up lions. I even had T-Rex as well, um, <laughs> which is a bit different. Yeah. Um and they they I think they kind of just spout things that they hear in like and they, they kind of kept that in the back of their head um and then when you say like yeah but do you do what lions do like do you base your morality around what lions do like they do a lot of other things that are terrible um as well and they are oh no 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 just that point just that one point and then it quickly moves on doesn't it but i don't think there's a i don't think it's men in particular that say that um, yeah, I would say men say that more than females on outreach. Yeah, because I think that men have this perception of um, apex predator, um, hunter gatherer, yeah. provider. We have this like stand on my shoulders. I can carry the world. I'm a man. I can do this. Maybe you get it more then. Maybe you do. I think that men carry this this perception around, and then they perceive that hunting, killing, and, and you know being aligned with an apex predator it, it raises that manly status i think men typically strive to become alpha you know and yeah. the more alpha they can appear i don't believe they actually think it a lot of the time i think a lot of the time it's just the water on the circuit board and it just but a lot of the time you see them say it and i almost see their eyes go oh i said the protein thing I lied. and i'm like you said the lion thing didn't you and they they almost wish they could just take that five seconds back but i think it is just it's conditioning and and um we have this i think we have a superiority complex and this apex um alpha complex that we need to be able to uh, to debunk and adjust and to say, hey, listen, what I always say is, okay, what, what out of these two scenarios sounds more alpha, more manly? Someone who takes a knife and attacks a defenseless, innocent animal 
or someone who puts the defenseless innocent animal behind them, stands in front of them and says, you're not coming to hurt this innocent animal. Because to me, that appeals to me as an alpha protective, you know, put the put the victim behind you and stand in front of the oppressor. To me, I find that strong. That's why the strong protect the weak is one of our slogans. And when put to a man from experience, that scenario, they go, yeah, yeah, because it enables them that alpha superior. You know, it's natural to protect as well as it's natural to hunt. You know, it, a, a lion would protect the pride. So you can still have your lion, though. Be a lion, but protect the pride. Don't go out hunting innocent animals when you don't need to. Yeah. I just wanted to break off for a second to ask, are you just following this podcast without being a member of Vegan Business Tribe? Because if you are, then let me tell you, you are missing out on about 80% of everything that goes on at Vegan Business Tribe, including incredible resources and a vibrant community of like-minded vegan business owners from around the world. Because as a member of Vegan Business Tribe, you'll gain access to hundreds of hours of online courses and guides and masterclasses in our Vegan Business Academy to help you grow your vegan business. You'll also get to attend our regular online networking meetups where you can promote your business and just forge those connections with fellow vegan business owners just like you. Plus, if you need more direct advice and assistance, you can join us on a live business clinic or you can post a question in our community hub where all our other members plus our vegan business experts are waiting to help you out. And the best part it's just £18.99 a month. And at the same time, you'll also be supporting the work that we do to champion the vegan business scene around the world. And just to add that we've now also recently introduced one-to-one business coaching and mentoring with myself or one of our vegan business experts. And that's available to a select number of our members. So if you're really looking to take your vegan business to the next level, then we've got you. Don't just lurk on the sidelines. There is a whole community of vegan businesses who want to get to know you and support you. Just head to veganbusinesstribe.com. Click on that big join button on the homepage and I cannot wait to connect with you and discuss your vegan business or your next big idea. I think when you're talking about them, about this apex predator idea, you can almost see them growing claws and fangs at the same time, can't you? It's like, yeah. you know, that whole idea. But it, I mean, just bringing that business angle back into this, because I, I yeah. love that idea that this is just a, a way of sort of like reframing that view and reframing your marketing around that as well. And I've seen some vegan brands, you know, people like Vegan Fried Chicken or VFC, you know, they yeah. do that really well on social media. They actually get a lot of comedy out of showing the ridiculousness of these kind of comments. And they, yeah. they what do they call it? It's, it's um, Cluckwit of the Month that I had said very carefully no, yeah the, the cluck wit of a month they call it and they even did a did a poster campaign with it around the london <laughs> underground showing these ridiculous comments and the justifications that they get from you know normally men it has to be said you know against yeah. their products and um, so the last point that uh, the vegan society's research briefing made was this idea that actually a lot of men and you've kind of just touched up on it there they want to break away from a lot of the gender expectations that they see you know a lot of these things as being quite to- 
toxic, especially what society's view is of masculinity. So actually going vegan, that might be seen as a way to distance yourself from these kind of negative messages. In fact, um, if I think back to, you know, my 81 year old mother, when I first went vegetarian, the first thing she said to me was that I'd always been awkward, you know, which by that she meant that she, that I've always acted in a way that society, I've always, I've never really acted in a way that society expected me to act. So might this actually be a better and more compassionate way to frame these conversations for people who actually want to break away from those kind of pressures? Yeah, yeah, I 100% agree. 100% agree. I think that um, we need to reframe and rethink um, how the, these things are put across and enable men to be able to feel comfortable enough to step away from the, the status quo, uh, what they what they think they have to be, and to, to be able to say, I'm vegan because I'm compassionate. I'm vegan because I actually... I'm against seeing animals suffering in the way they are. I don't want to be part of that, you know. And I think, for me personally, I always think that um, it's stronger to stand up for the victim. So yeah. I would always look at that in, in an admirable way anyway. Yeah, don't but use I think, anything stronger than that. But I think using, using it uh, as a tool to say to guys, look, take the pressure off. Like, release the pressure of feeling like you have to be whatever you like, condition has conformed us to be and you can be vegan and still be manly you know what if, what even is and manly also, when you... if you think you're a manly man what you don't need to do something to make yourself feel manlier like that there was, was a comment. study there was a study done um there was a, they, they took a group of guys and they they did some tests and measured their alphaisms or whatever you like to call it like yeah. who was like the, the the most alpha and it worked it actually the results came back and said that the guys who would be more i'm going to eat two steaks today and the guys who actually perceived and put that out more actually come across the least alpha of the pack when it came to um yeah, because, actually seeing who was the leader of that social circle if that means yeah if that i think sense. it's maybe a bit more of an insecurity thing yeah. to make yeah to do something to make you feel more manly because i eat meat whereas actually the ones like if you're humble i think it's yeah they're more, less likely to care about things like that I, I love think, that whole idea about there being an alpha test as well. I mean, it's, it's like, who can get to the TV remote control the quickest? Some of these things are ridiculous once we say them out loud. and yeah. uh, But but I think, I mean, just, just carrying on that point, because that's, again, really interesting. I think over the last few years, especially, you know, we're all becoming more comfortable that as a society, you know, gender isn't binary. You know, like you and I were probably brought up to think it was. It, it is more of a spectrum. And some people mm. might say that we're wrong to talk about masculinity and femininity and this kind of conversation that they are now you know quite outdated concepts but even if you were to argue that there are still two biological sexes then there's still a lot of room for maneuver within those sexes so you know for example i can be a, a, a cis heterosexual man but not want to act like piers morgan or i could be a gay guy but not consider myself to be more feminine than someone who's straight so in a way using gender expectations to try and turn someone away from veganism uh, just tapping into what you were just saying there that's actually going to backfire for a lot of people yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah i agree yeah yeah I, I i think that we need to step away from this um male female uh you know uh, and then stigmas attached to it the world has changed we have we've evolved we've we've learned we understand more and like you say there is a spectrum so you know 
we, we haven't got to be opposite ends of it. You know, we, yes. we you can be a blend and a mixture of all. And um, certainly um, being this, even if you, even if you was at that end of the spectrum and you wanted to be the most alpha apex man there was, you know, like, you know, George of the jungle, whatever you may be, you can still be vegan. Like you can still be vegan. And I think we need to let guys know wherever you are on that spectrum, one to a hundred, Veganism isn't isn't weak. It isn't uh, uh, isn't removing anything from your stature as a as a person, whether you're male or female. In fact, it's adding to it. It, it. You know, for me, it's I think well done you for actually being able to express that emotion and think I'm I'm going to change. It's, it's not the norm. It's against the grain, but it's also against my morals. What I'm seeing, and uh, and I'm okay to stand up against. The majority. I think that's a really strong trait, like whether you're male or female, I think it's a really amazing thing to do. Um, and I think we should encourage it. We really should we should break these norms and these stereotypes. And as you say, look at that we've got a more fluid uh, spectrum now within these sexes. So let's use that. Yeah. And Mel, what what's what's your view on that from the from the female side? Yes, I agree. Cause I think like um like we're all about like the strong protecting the weak, but actually uh, like being vegan has made me become the strongest person I've ever been in my whole life because I never wanted to cause like an issue. Like if there was something going on, disagreements, I'd be like, oh, it's not worth my, like, it's fine. I'll just be here quiet. But now I never thought I'd ever have the strength to ever do the things I've been doing, like standing on stage speaking, going out on the streets, doing activism, filming. Like I've been feeling like so out of my depth, but I have the strength, that fire inside me to fight for the animals. I've never felt stronger. So I know we're talking about like masculinity, but actually I feel, I feel flipping masculine and epic now. Like when you have that, I can't even explain the feeling. If you either have the feeling or you don't, you can do anything like in a strength for somebody else. And I think that's, um, I think that's really amazing. I think maybe guys are actually fearful of letting go, of letting go of, you know, uh, if I don't eat meat or, or drink this, what am I going to lose? And if I don't conform and all my mates go out to have a curry and I say, can we go to the vegan curry house? Am I going to be ostracized from my friends group? Like they look at things from a personal way in. How is it going to affect me and my social network? And that's really sad um, because you shouldn't be fearful of showing your compassion because that veganism at the end of the day is we're just trying to live a more compassionate life and be kinder to all. We shouldn't be fearful, whether you're female or male, to show your compassion. Um, so I think the guys, we just, we got to get the message out to guys that, it's okay to let go. Yeah. It, you're not going to lose anything. In fact, you've just got more to gain. And when you do it, you will feel more strength, more alpha, more protective side of that apex spectrum that they're, they're trying to find than, than the other side. Does that, that make sense? But um, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah what it, I, that's what I would say. It absolutely does. And again, these are brilliant things for vegan brands to be aware of as well, you know, if, if they are trying to engage both male and females. And, and that point that Mel just made was really interesting, uh, you know, about how it makes you feel. Because one of the interesting points from this briefing document, you know, one of their um, initial recommendations um, 
they talk about how a lot of the high-profile vegan influencers at the moment are male, and those male influencers, they can be quite aggressive and confrontational, and that sometimes that might actually reinforce some of those narrow views of what masculinity is. Now, when I've watched your vegan muscle outreach videos, I, I, I mean, Steve, if I didn't know you, you could be quite intimidating. you know. And for those of you who are listening on the podcast instead of you know watching us on YouTube, uh, <laughs> Steve, you are built of pure muscle. You've got all these vegan tattoos, you know, down your neck and all that as well. So is that something that, that maybe you're conscious of too, that people are expecting you to, to you know, be coming over and, and maybe be aggressional and, and confrontational? Absolutely. And that is one of the biggest things that I love because, yeah, on, on the outside, I can I can see how people may perceive the way I look or the image that, that may come with me. So that's another really cool thing. When I go up and I just smile, I'm like, hey, nice to meet you. My name's Steve. What's happening? I'm here just fighting for animals. Like, I'm here just trying to make the world better. I'm trying to be part of the solution, not just not be part of the problem and be really nice and really open. You see people just go, wow, okay. And uh, and again, there's more water on the circuit board. Their brain's going mad because, you know, it, it, people don't expect it. People just, they expect me to come over, probably point, shout, scream, like use muscular size or, or whatever it may be to intimidate them to be a vegan. But when when they get the complete opposite, it's like oh oh, <laughs> like and it's just just it's just to prove to people that you know you don't you don't have to conform to all these these rules. One of one of the things what I've always said for vegan muscle, you probably heard us say in the past. When I was sixteen, I walked into a gym and I saw the biggest guy in the gym. He had black and white stripy trousers on. That's all I can remember because I remember thinking Beetlejuice for some reason. And I walked straight over to him. I said, I want to look like you. Like, how do I get like you? And he told me who I needed to eat and, and who I needed to eat things from. And one thing for us with vegan muscle is just taking it from a bodybuilding perspective. If someone walks into a gym, same way I did at 16, and looks across and sees the big guy with whatever, you know, whatever they're doing, maybe they have vegan tattoos around their neck, they've got a vegan muscle jumper on, and they go, oh, that guy's vegan. Like, wow. Okay. I want to be like you, but your top is vegan. How's that? And then someone turn around and then engage them in a nice way. It could do so much for the movement, like, and so much for animal liberation. And that's one of our main goals is to break stereotypes, break norms, because, you know, we can, they can be broken and they're there to be broken because the stereotypes that are there at the moment are keeping animals in gas chambers. They're keeping chicks in, in open blenders and they're keeping animals in laboratories going through all sorts of tests. These stereotypes are directly responsible for animal suffering. So it's our job as vegans, it's our job as vegan business owners, and it's our job as activists to do everything we can to break stereotypes Look at ways we can bring people in, engage with as many people as we can. And one of the things Paul said uh, from Hinch Herbivore, which I've always taken, he said, you've got to be appealing to the other side. You know, if a non-vegan looks across and sees a happy, laughing, joking vegan who's a triathlete, uh, a marathon runner, an ultra runner, or whatever you may be, and they go, that, that guy looks really happy, really healthy, he's vegan, uh, do you know what? I want to be on that team because actually I, I don't like animals being hurt. Like, I want to be part of And it is so much more engaging. And you find guys will feel a relief to lose that, oh, God, I've got to behave a certain way. And it can be quite liberating for all, especially the animals at the end of it. 
I love this idea that you're there as a tattooed bodybuilder and you, you, you come over like, like a teddy bear when you're talking to people. And then you've got Mel, who, you've got Mel who's half your size and she comes over and just starts kicking butt. I, I love that idea. Yeah, she's the one who's, you're aggressive. <laughs> Do you want to speak at more events? Do you want to get invited onto podcasts like this one? Well, it's far easier to do that if you can say that you have written a book. So let me tell you about The Vegan Publisher. Their founder, Matali, she is a best-selling business author herself. And Matali and her team, they will lead you through that entire process of becoming a published author, transforming you into the thought leader of your industry. And writing a book, it isn't just a great marketing activity to get you more clients. Trust me, being a published author, it will open up doors to opportunities that you never even knew existed. So even if you think you don't have the time to write a book, or even if you don't know what you might write a book about, go take a look at theveganpublisher.com to find out more. If you are a UK vegan business, wouldn't it be better to have an accountant that shares your ethics? Well, vegan accountants have got over 30 years of experience and they're a vegan founded company. And just to add, they're also our accountants at Vegan Business Tribe because they just get us. They understand why we do what we do and they make sure that we're doing it in the most tax efficient way possible. Keith and his team, they've been massive supporters of our mission at Vegan Business Tribe. So if you are an established UK business with a growth mindset and you want an accountant that is going to help you grow and shares your mission as well as saves you tax, then just go to veganaccountants.co.uk to find out more. Yeah. <laughs> but just picking up on that point, again, because this is a very important point, and it's one of the recommendations that came from the Vegan Society report as well. You know, if you are going to feature vegan men's stories and testimonials, it might actually be better not to feature some of those athletes and sports stars and vegan celebrities. Sometimes you are just better featuring those normal, everyday vegan men because they're just going to be, you know, much more relatable as well. Yeah, 100%. Because it's got to relate to the average person. Like, and, you know, like the other day, funny enough, I walked in the gym the other day. We went to a gym at a different time. And I've got my vegan V tattooed in the back of my head. And this guy, you know, and he's a stereotype. He looked like a normal guy. So, you know, like, you know, he, he looked very similar to me, I would say. Maybe not as as muscly and as handsome, but he looked like me. Fine. And, um he came over and went, mate, I see a tattoo. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm vegan. He turned around and was like, me too. I was like, tattoo. <laughs> wicked. I was like, cool. Um, that's happened to us now three times in the last four months. Uh, maybe maybe, maybe less. less like a month I'd say maybe, like maybe a couple show, of months like we connect so much now there's so many vegans in the gym we had no idea about it until we started wearing a t-shirt and then they come over and speak that's another really important thing actually since wearing vegan muscle vegans come and speak where'd you get your top I'm vegan in, in that gym and like the gym's like now like their t-shirts are changing so it's really cool like when we plot, like talk to people in the gym they see all these different vegans in the gym as well um, because like bodybuilders are actually maybe one of the stereotypes that heavily consume more animal products than the average person. Yeah. So we can change that like that. That would be amazing. And then the people who think, oh, you've got to be strong and eat meat, will start looking at these bodybuilders going, well, they don't. But also relating back to 
getting you get into your normal guy in the gym rather than your athlete. So we're like, cool, let's have a picture. Let buy buy a vegan muscle jumper, tag us, and let us put that on our Instagram. Let us post that everywhere. Because we wanna we wanna show everybody that everybody can can be vegan. Everybody can can fight for animals and still have everything that they like. And it grows that community. And that's really important. And actually wanting to go into activism, which is amazing. Wow. Yeah. Well, and yeah. I'll tell you what, that's actually a really important point because, again, as vegan businesses, we do reach for those stereotypes, both male and female stereotypes. Now, I've done it myself. You know, the woman doing yoga and eating a salad at the same time, the, you know, the, the, the vegan guy powerlifting in the gym. But I think for most of us, you know, we're not being vegan to be more masculine or feminine. We just think that it's yeah. wrong to harm and turn sentient creatures into consumable products. So I, I think that's got to be part of it as well, that actually that masculine and feminine argument, that's only... Up until you reach that point of turning veganism? Yes. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100% because actually everything falls away and doesn't matter because it becomes about the victim. And that, that's why we always say the why and the how because your focus has to be on that why. Whoever you are, whatever, whatever you, you do, we have to be focused on that victim. And when you get to that point, like you say, it all falls apart and none of it matters because it's about not contributing to them animals yeah. being being harmed. And then also taking that to the next level and not just being not part of the problem, but how can you be part of the solution? What can you do? What is your legacy to say, yep, yeah, I, I, I saw what was going on. I went vegan, so I was then non-compliant. And then I did this to try and help the situation. I did this to try and help the animals. I wear my vegan muscle jumpers or T-shirts or I wear a vegan message everywhere and do you know what? I, I I like drawing. I'm going to start a vegan business around drawing. Like this is what I could do. And if and, you're and it starts going. doesn't have any talent, you can still do it. Like you just you've got the strength to do anything. You never know what you can truly do. <laughs> just yeah. the people who don't have talents like me, <laughs> I'm yet to find mine. Yeah, ab absolutely. But again, you know, that's a conversation we've, we've had so many times at Vegan Business Tribe as well. You know, the whole reason that you have a vegan business in the first place. And, and you know, when you look at vegan businesses, if you are a vegan business that just sells to other vegans, you've kind of missed that point of having a vegan business in the first place. You know, this is our activism. We are wanting to move that vegan cause forward. So, yeah, absolutely brilliant stuff to add in there. So so this yeah. has been an absolutely you know amazing and brilliant conversation. So I'm going to actually wrap us up by asking you for your, your, your top tips for all of this so if you do have a vegan business and you want to embrace more vegan men then what would mel and steve suggest for doing that so i would say i think this whole meat man thing come from advertising um with different people and things on tv like constantly seeing it so i think change it change the the slogan like the strong protect the weak put that on your coffee or um your adverts out there like let them see like oh yeah it's strong to protect these innocent baby animals than it is to actually carry on with the crowd and continue to oppress them um that's what i think the root of the problem is so i think we switch it and um, go with that route yeah yeah no I, I massively agree like you said men have got this mindset for a reason it's because of marketing so we need to think what did they do to market to guys to think this way and how can we market to guys to change the way that they see it? And I think appealing to the fact that they can still be lions, though, but just in a protective sense, yes. rather than in the sense where they can justify killing animals to, to, to eat them. So appeal to that, appeal to them, them points, appeal to that masculinity. 
have your slogans, have your have your images, have your environments like a gym, which is predominantly male. So, I mean, you know, guys, bodybuilding, weight section, go in there. Like, if you can get your products or whatever it may be into an environment where it's predominantly men and market for a uh, an appeal to strength or an appeal to a protector or uh, an appeal to uh, a, a, an alpha with whatever slogans you can think of. Yeah, appeal to strength. I think that um, I think that you have a lot of guys willing to be open to change because for them they won't be losing that masculinity in their opinion. We know that they wouldn't lose their masculinity by switching over. But for them, I think that it would be a really good way of engaging them to open their minds to look. And then exactly as you just said a minute ago, once they look and once they see, it all falls away anyway. And no one really cares because you just think, I've got the why. I've got the why. <laughs> that's fine. Absolutely perfect. I think that's, that's a brilliant place to leave it there as well. So I have been joined by my co-host for this episode, Mel and Steve from Vegan Gymwear brand, uh, Vegan Muscle. And you can find them at veganmuscegymwear.com where you can buy your vegan gym statement wear and you might unearth some other uh, vegans in your gym. Do go check them out. Yeah. And I think at the moment you deliver to both the UK and the US. Is that right? Yeah, 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 UK and USA at the moment. Absolutely yes. fantastic. But also do go check out their Vegan Muscle Outreach YouTube channel where they take to the streets. And is there any other way that people can support the work you do? Yeah, so we've got our Patreon account as well. So for people who want to support us, um, if you go to our Vegan Muscle Outreach channel on YouTube, there's a link there to our Patreon. So that's just started up. Um, that Any sort of money that gets donated through that way will all be put into our activism, uh, street activism uh, improving what we can do for the animals. So um, that's another good way. Uh, again, following on Instagram. And if you are on um, the YouTube channel, as many comments, likes and shares as possible really to grow helps, it yeah. um, would be really, really helpful too. Absolutely brilliant. Well, this has been a wonderful conversation and I'm absolutely sure that we will catch up again soon. Definitely. Thank you so much. Thank you. And we're back again in the studio. And what a brilliant conversation that was. And I love talking about topics like this because, as I always say, if you have a vegan business, but you're just talking to vegans then you've kind of missed the point of having a vegan business in the first place. So you need to know what barriers non-vegans are going to have to what you sell. So Mel and Steve there, who sell their gymwear brand primarily to vegans, they're going out on the streets and they're engaging with people who are not yet vegan as a way of building their vegan brand. But do let me know your own thoughts about what we've spoken about today. So either email me on hello at veganbusinesstribe.com or leave your comments under the video if you're watching us on YouTube. Because if, like me, you view your vegan business as your activism, then we need to break down down those barriers that we've talked about today. And hopefully this conversation has given you a starting point to do that. So that just leaves me to say 
Thank you to our wonderful podcast sponsors who are Mindful Wealth, who will help you put your money where your heart is, Mad or Make a Difference Promotions, who will get your vegan business in the news, The Vegan Publisher, who will transform you into the thought leader in your industry, and finally, Keith Lesser and his amazing team at Vegan Accountants here in the UK, who is the accountancy firm that shares your vegan ethics. So thank you so much for joining us for this episode. If you can, please do give us a like or a thumbs up or leave a comment with your thoughts or subscribe to our channel on YouTube to see the video version of this podcast. And do go check out the Vegan Business Academy on veganbusinesstribe.com for more great help and support. And I will see you on the next one. 